everybody has to poop. It's just, don't do anything weird with your poop. Just like, don't like, do it intentionally while you're making eye contact with me in your pants. Like, <laughs> please, 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 please. Hello, welcome back to Not Literary, an unpretentious storytelling podcast with yours truly. I am author Orianda Rudder, and today I'm going to tell you another story from my book, Not Literary. This one is my favorite. Uh, it is the last story in the book, and it will be the last podcast episode for this season. Uh, we have a lot coming at you today. I have my special guest star, Allie Joe from Mississippi. Um, I met Allie when we were living in Nashville together. So we're going to tell you some Nashville stories. Um, the story of the Nashville shitter is obviously a poop story. So we're going to tell a few ultra humiliating poop stories. Um, we have some blooper reel cuts or whatever you want to call them. We've got bloopers at the end of the episode. We have everything. So buckle up, baby. Let's dive right in. You know, I can't stand a long intro. So without further ado, let me tell you the story of the one, sadly not the only, Nashville shitter. Here we go. Working in downtown Nashville, you meet a lot of characters. The streets are lined with bars blasting live music, and people come from all over to get in on the honky-tonk fun. I worked downtown's busy Upper Broadway from 2012 to 2016. The story of the Nashville shitter, since I was working at Layla's Bluegrass Inn at the time, would have happened around 2014. Let's take a magical trip back to a simpler time. The year when Pharrell wore that ridiculous hat. The year when every child in the country would not let it go. And my personal fave, the year when gay people could finally get legally married. Barack Obama was president, Nashville was booming, but not so hard that it sucked, and life was gravy. But this is not a story about gravy. This is a story about poop. There is a hierarchy of bars in Nashville. There's the Gulch and Midtown and East Nashville bars. All of those are really on the same tier. They're neighborhood bars. They're tough to get into, as a bartender, not as a patron. The money is really good and they lack the cheesy touristy factor of the downtown bars. There's downtown second street bars. Those are kind of ratchet and have more of a nightclub vibe instead of the old honky-tonk vibe. You can still make good money there, but there are slow nights and the off-season is a struggle. The downtown bars on Upper Broadway though are money. I'm talking expensive call girl money. I am not joking when I tell you that at the height of my bar career on Upper Broadway, I sometimes made well over $1,000. On my best nights, I made more than two. I know. Opening beers. It's ridiculous. Because the money is so good, it's very competitive. Also, with the good shifts, you have to accept the bad. Most bartenders awarded Friday and Saturday nights also have to take some crap day shift. When I was hired at Layla's, my crappy day shift was Wednesday. Layla's was really funny during the day because we offered $1 PBRs. This means that we got a lot of homeless regulars. More often than not, my Wednesday day shifts were five or six toothless bums grumbling weird things about marrying me over the bar while a few tourists gawked at the scene. In the foreground, Amanda Taylor and her mama Paula Jo played live country classics for us all. I had a favorite homeless regular named Johnny. Johnny was the best. He would stand out front, barking to the passersby about how Layla's had the best bartender in town. 
He'd yell about our ice-cold PBRs and actually bring in a decent amount of business, all in exchange for two or three PBRs for himself. Johnny ran a coffee kiosk and sold the local homeless paper, The Contributor. Johnny cried when Amanda Taylor would sing Coat of Many Colors by Dolly Parton, and every time would make up a different tall tale to explain his tears. Oh yeah, Johnny lied a lot. He was like the bar's own Uncle Remus, always making up something crazy, but it only made him more lovable. One time, right after taking a shot of whiskey with me, Johnny told me he had just had a liver transplant only the night before. So yeah, Johnny lied about stuff, but that's part of his charm. On Wednesdays, I got off work at 6 and was replaced by Jake. Jake was tall and handsome with a Boston accent. He was no nonsense, but a nice guy, and had worked at Layla's for years. I liked him. Jake seemed to enjoy his job at Layla's, but lately one thing had really been dragging him down. Jake kept having incidents with the Nashville shitter. The Nashville shitter was a ghost, a legend, a real sicko. He or she would sneak from bar to bar, smearing feces on bar stools every few months. When Jake would come in to start his shift, he'd go red with fury when he realized there had been another poop attack. Someone smeared shit! Again! Fucking goddammit! What kind of animal, he would yell. Who did this? Someone had to see who did this, he'd continue, frustrated with me. But I didn't see anything. I really didn't. After three shitter instances on my Wednesday shift, with Jake growing more and more furious with me, I knew I had to solve this. I had to find out who the shitter was. I didn't suspect any of my regulars, but they weren't to be ignored. People can do crazy things, especially when they're dealing with the trauma of homelessness and they're on their seventh PBR. First up was Johnny. I knew it wasn't him, but Johnny might know something I didn't. I inquired if he had seen anything suspicious or heard of any other attacks. Oh yeah, Legends got hit. So did the wheel. In fact, it was when Amanda was playing. I don't know about Legends, but she plays there sometimes too. His voice was gruff and throaty. So maybe he's following Amanda, I said, rubbing my chin. Very interesting. Next up was Cecil. Cecil was a short, pink little man with no front teeth who ran a shoeshine business on the front stoop of the bar. He'd sit with his box, his brush, and his shoe polish and make a few bucks each morning. Cecil, you ever had to clean a shoe with shit on it? I asked, leaning over the bar top toward him. Like, not dog shit. Like, human shit. What the fuck? Cecil looked shocked, which was surprising because Cecil had a disgusting sense of humor. It seemed clear, though, that no, Cecil hadn't noticed any human poop on the shoes of his recent customers. I asked Amanda if she had any particularly odd fans that she thought might be following her from bar to bar. Uh, all of them? Amanda was a smoking hot blonde and played all over downtown. Point taken. This was getting nowhere. Excuse me, young lady. I heard a deep voice behind me at the bar. I turned to see a tall man with dark, late Elvis dyed black hair, sideburns and all. Hi there. I recognized the man. I had waited on him a few times, but didn't know his name. PBR me ASAP. He sat down and put a single dollar bill on the bar. Even my homeless guys tipped me something. Ugh, eye roll. I gave the man his beer and went back to talk to Johnny. We were chatting, going over the list of suspects, when the man started talking to no one loudly. You know that Taylor Swift really owes me a lot of thank yous. His booming voice was impossible to ignore. I wrote every damn one of those hits she keeps cranking out, and what appreciation do I get? Nothing. 
That's what. This guy was clearly drunk and crazier than hell. I egged him on. What a total bitch. Did she at least pay you for them? She stole them. I could have been rich and famous, but here I am. Dollar beer and all, he lamented. I looked over to Johnny and made an, are you getting this, face. Johnny twirled his pointer finger around in a circle by his temple and mouth. Crazy as fuck, my way. You ever hear a song that, that well, it just makes you want to do something to someone? The sideburn man asked creepily. I looked nervously at the man. He had one hand on the bar wrapped around his beer. His other arm was tucked behind him and under his butt. He was sitting on his hand. This was weird and given my current investigation a cause for concern. I was peripherally a little worried for Taylor Swift's safety due to the whole do something comment. Amanda Taylor ended her rendition of Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You softly on stage and the band now burst into a lively rendition of Mama Tribe by Merle Haggard. At this, the strange man sprung up from his seat to dance. It was then that I saw it. He had his hand down his pants while he was sitting on it. He pulled his hand out and started to dance like there was nothing strange going on at all. Johnny, I whispered in the opposite direction, nodding my head toward the man. Johnny, he looked up from his beer. Johnny, I think that's the shitter. The man was dancing wildly and every few moments would stop to touch his butt. Like he'd pause and kind of wiggle and press his hand into his crack, but over the pants. He danced this way through the entire song. And by the end, both Johnny and I were convinced. We had found the Nashville shitter, and it was time to shut him down. At the end of the song, the shitter excused himself to use the men's room. I turned to Johnny, still whispering. Johnny, that's definitely him. You gotta go in there and stop him before he comes out and smears his shit on everything. You got it, toots, Johnny said, polishing off the last of his free PBR and nodding his head. I'll gladly take care of this problem for one ice-cold PBR. Johnny disappeared to the men's room and returned five minutes later with a huge grin on his face. You won't need to worry about seeing the Nashville shitter again, he assured me as I cracked his beer. What did you say to him? I asked. I just told him I said, look it, man. The bartender knows you've been smearing your shit all over the bar. She knows you're the Nashville shitter. She doesn't want to make a scene, but you're a fucking banned from here on out. You understand me? Now finish up. And don't you even think about smearing your shit on anything on your way out. Nasty son of a bitch. Just as he finished his sentence, I heard the click of the back door opening. I turned quickly and caught a glimpse of the shitter fleeing from the men's room and out to the alley. I ran over to the men's bathroom and peeped inside. I scanned the walls and toilet seat with my eyes. No trace of any poop. We'd done it. We'd stopped the Nashville shitter. God damn it, Johnny, you are the best. I mixed up two blueberry bombs and passed one his way. Cheers, babe. You earned it. Six o'clock rolled around and Jake came in as scheduled. Jake! Johnny usually hated Jake, but because he, oh, because he wasn't a cute chick and didn't give him free beer. But today, Johnny was proud and wanted to share. Hey, Johnny, Jake said unenthusiastically, approaching the entrance of the bar. I was busy counting down the cash in my register, but listened as Johnny told Jake the good news. We caught the shitter today and we tossed his ass out. He's gone. We caught the bastard. Who was it? Wait, really? Did he shit on anything? Jake started to look at the bar stools lining the bar, the usual spot for the shitter to strike. Nope. Orian caught on to him early on account of him digging all in his butt on the dance floor. And I kicked his ass out. 
told him, you better not shit on this bar no more, you sick son of a bitch. So you're welcome, Johnny said, beer suds in his mustache. Then what the fuck is this? Jake asked, his skin reddening. There's fucking shit all over this, Jake shouted. He pointed at the stool where the shitter had sat. <clears throat> There's a large smear of poop around the side of the stool. Johnny looked over to see. I just kept counting money, trying not to bust out laughing at the sheer insanity of it all. Oh, well, we caught the bastard, Johnny said in his gravelly voice, and the Nashville shitter won't be shitting at Layla's no more. <laughs> Okay, you guys, that was the last story in the book, Not Literary. You made it all the way through. I want to say thanks for hanging out and getting all the way through it. Up next, we're going to do an after party with Allie Joe. So let's do it, baby. Okay, we are here. We've got Allie Joe on the line. Welcome to the show, madam. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Girl... I had a dark day, but I also had some pizza, and I've got some wine in front of me, so I think I'm going to be all right. That's the same. Same, same. What well, I did yesterday. Yesterday was my pizza day, which I haven't regretted yet, so. Where are you calling in from? Um, Oxford, Mississippi. 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 That's the that's that's a deep dish, hon. <laughs> hey, your eye makeup does look good. I like it. Thank you. It took me long enough. 41 years, man. <laughs> well, not all of them. Oh, my God. No, you didn't start trying until, like, eight, nine a year years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Until quarantine. Yeah. Oh, well, then it's only a year. Then it's only a year. What's that? <laughs> That's his tail. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fucker. I didn't know what that was. It looked like, um... It looked like you had like um like an old witch standing over you, like pulling her hair down on you. Uh, so today we are gonna talk about Nashville. And I have a lot to say about Nashville. I know you have a lot to say about Nashville. You and I have a lot of stories. This is a storytelling podcast, so you don't have to answer with the story right away. But my main question for you is gonna be do you have any Nashville stories that you wanna tell? I have one relating to the Nashville Shitter, which is what we're here for, right? Yeah. So well, I, so in I regards just, to not literary. Correct. So I just read them the story of the Nashville Shitter, which far and wide is my favorite story in the book. It's so ridiculous. Uh, the man in the, the main character in the story, the, the guy who apprehends the Nashville Shitter, Johnny is his name in the book. He got so mad at me when I published that story because I said that he lies. And he's like, I ain't no goddamn liar, fucking asshole. Keep my name out your damn mouth if you're going to be lying and spreading tales. And I was like, bitch, you lie all the time. Every time you're drunk, you make up something crazy. It's not like he's a liar, like you can't trust him. But like when he's drunk, he tells tall tales. It's just part of his charm. Uh, I tried to tell him, even heroes have flaws, Johnny. But he's still mad at me, I think. Oh, well. I hope he's listening to this. I love you. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you know, like, you're doing it for entertainment purposes. It's perfectly fine to ad-lib on someone's personality or even, like, accentuate certain things about them. Yeah, um, but, I mean, 
Did I though? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, also, when you're drunk, you don't remember what you do. So he may not know that he likes to tell tall tales when he's wasted, but he does. And they're That's charming. True. And, like, other bartenders and I would, like, lament about it. I'd be like, oh, he's telling me one of his stories right now. I can't right now. I'm, like, so busy, but whatever. Anyway, he's great. He is part of what I really, really loved about Nashville. He, to me, is a great representation. All the, like, homo, the, homo, <laughs> no, 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 all the homeless guys who used to come into Layla's, I feel, were a big part of kind of the charm of downtown for me. Um, just that kind of grimy PBR drinking dude. I, but also, as long as you are so good to them, they are so good to you. Like, totally. and I, when I worked downtown um, at Piranhas, the dudes that would, I mean, they would just come in and ask me for a glass of water, you know, but I knew that like at four in the morning when I'm leaving late at night, I don't think I ever left here that late, but, but yeah. But, but, like, if I'm leaving at night and someone tried to mug me, those are the dudes that are going to come out of the dark alleyway and have my back, you know? Yeah, if they're not so. passed out drunk. But, I mean, <laughs> again, it's Nashville. Aren't we all just passed out drunk? <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> so when was the last time that you went back? I have not yet been back. Not oh. since I moved. Okay, I haven't been back since you moved either. I have to go back for a wedding in October cue the eye roll um don't i mean you know the last time i was you know me and weddings i don't like weddings weddings I, are i always told myself that i do and when i was little i would get so excited about them because i love pretty dresses and i yeah. love seeing pretty dresses on pretty people but now that i'm older it's like unless you're you're feeding me really well <laughs> right and even then i feel like Catering food, even really fantastic catering food, is still catering food. It's still food that is, like, designed to feed lots of people efficiently. It's not fine dining. It's not, like, a beautiful plate from a beautiful restaurant or even something that somebody who really loves you made. It's just shit. It's Cisco most of the time. And, yeah. like, that's fine. But, like, I don't know. It, brides are all monsters, even, and these are my friends, these are people that I love enough and they love me enough to invite me to their special day, their wedding. And they're monsters every time. They're monsters just for a day. But I don't want to see that shit. Also, it's your day. Well, it's also my day. Like, it's also every guest here. We're all having a day today. So, like, maybe it's not all about you. Like, you look pretty in your dress, but, like, don't have a fit and flip out and act like a wild thing. Like, just don't do it. It's not your day. Every day. There is no day on this earth that is someone's day. Um, anyway, anyway, sorry. And I just I'm, don't I'm think never... they're good parties. I think they're parties for people who don't know, who haven't been to any good parties. Yeah. No, it's not my thing. It's not my thing. I don't like them. If I get married, <laughs> I will not be having a wedding. I probably will not be getting married if we're honest. But if I, if I do bite the bullet... I will not be having a wedding. I, I, nope. Yeah, same. No, I mean, I just don't like the idea. Of, I, I'm just cheap. <laughs> that too. That too. But what, I mean, how I would much rather money are spend you that spending? Money. You I would psycho? just rather go on a sick ass honeymoon, um, and be Me gone too. for six weeks rather than a week. You know? Yeah, and bone. 
Like, that's the whole point. We're newlyweds. We should be humping on an island, you fools, in your dresses with your bad Cisco food. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a real party. Where are the drugs? Where are the drugs? Where's the DJ? Not the wedding DJ. Get a real DJ. You know what? Whoever, whoever gets married next, I want drugs and good music and no Cisco food. But, but my friend who just moved to Nashville, he is getting married in October, and I, despite hating weddings, I love him enough to bite the bullet and go through with it. But the deal was this. They lived in L.A. up until a few weeks ago. So I was like, no problem. I'll come to your wedding in L.A. I'll plan your wedding in L.A. And then they moved to fucking Nashville. Once again, I get pulled back. Why did they do that? Well... I will say this about that. Uh, while it is very difficult for me to not freak out and warn them not to move it, it directly into the center of a rapture, which I think is what is happening to Nashville. I do believe it's being raptured by weather. Yeah. By, and I think it's because of new country music. I think that God does not like Florida Georgia <laughs> Line, and it's like, that's it. I can't take any more of it. He hates Kid Rock. We know that because there was a shitter at the Kid Rock bar swinging his colostomy bag around. Uh, for people that are listening that didn't catch this little news blip, Allie, do you want to tell them what happened? Because I believe you're the one who showed it to me. Um, yes, I am. Um, so a gentleman, and this was not his first offense. <laughs> it was not his first offense when he got arrested. It's never um, their first time. About a month ago, was arrested at Kid Rock's Honky Tonk in downtown Nashville for slinging his colostomy bag at patrons and bartenders, servers alike, as well as the Metro Police Department once they came on the scene to arrest him. They were also covered in feces. Not okay. Like, ooh, ooh. Like, what happened? Like, what? Like, but apparently, from what I've read, this this was not his first offense at doing that. So it was like... like so that's he what he does when he gets drunk. He, like, gets <laughs> drunk and swings his claws to be back. But like, like you get a warning, like, hey, buddy. Yeah, that's his, that's his blackout tell. You know, old Billy Bob. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah, he's real drunk when he starts swinging his shit bag all around. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh. Well, when you told the National Shitter story, and I remember it was on Zoom, was the last time I I'd heard it before, like a piece of it but I you know like that was when I first heard it in full length and I was like what did he look like and you can <laughs> we're pretty toasted by then and you're like oh my god Allie why do you want to know what he looks like <laughs> like, like, like bitch, so I can stop him from shitting anywhere else it's like, yeah, you know, it's direction. <laughs> like, like I thought you wanted to date him but, but that's because I had my own experience with a Nashville shitter apparently there's more than one that, that is not a surprise to me. There is something yeah. about that town and shit. <laughs> and I loved living in Nashville. I loved it. I had so much fun. I stayed for eight years. I went there expecting to stay a year, maybe two max, just to sort my head out after all the fuckery that happened in Chicago. And I loved it so much. And I, I, it's still probably the fa it's my favorite stretch of my life were those eight years in Nashville. So much fun. It was such a perfect time to be in Nashville. It was right right as the city started to kind of blossom and before it turned to, for lack of a better word, shit. Uh, but now, honey. Mm. 
mean, I loved it for 12, and I didn't, I, I thought I would stay maybe five, maybe seven tops just to live in the city when I was young and get a taste for that, you know, when, when I was young enough to appreciate it. Um, I didn't expect to stay 12 years. No. I didn't expect to stay no. 10 years. Yeah. Um, so I did love it. I mean, like I mean, I made some of the most, well, you included, but like friends yeah. that are family, like yeah. friends that are like seriously family. Um, hi, Robin. Love you. Oh, I love Robin. How's Robin doing? He's great, man. He did a little voice acting work recently, and and he's really excited about that. I, I really hope that that keeps going. Like, I think he's perfect for that line of work. I completely agree. He's got a really beautiful voice, and his accent is great. I gotta mute my phone because I didn't do that. And I just heard the little fucker buzzing at me. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Whoever's texting me, not now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Robin's great. And I think, actually, I was going to ask you, do you have any desire to do voice work or acting? I know you're, you kind of got an actor spirit to you. Well, I, I haven't done anything like that in a really long time, not since college, but like being around the barn, I was starting to get that acting bug and talking to Joy about um auditioning and she was like dude like i need like the woman who can play a a, a mother you know <laughs> just well, I, just think, I don't even think you need to do like character acting per se i think that you would just be i think you would do really well i mean i think you would do really well in california as ally from mississippi people <laughs> i'm telling you people from reggie's bar are obsessed with you they're obsessed with you <laughs> They, what I told people just really they, like they're so obsessed with your stories, your accent, you're like weird. Over, they're very into it, and I think I think you. I, I don't know, girl. You know, I did have a vision recently about living in California. I did. Um, that might be my next step. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oxford's Oxford's weird and it's cool. I mean, it's not the same that it was. It was a lot cooler when I lived here before. Um, but. But yeah, it's just a little too small for me. Um, I, I'm already missing having that that city, yeah. that city beat life. Yeah, I feel the same way actually. I feel like I think it has a lot to do with being stuck at home for a year. Uh, so I need to like really evaluate because like, I'm happy in Long Beach. I love it, but I also feel like it's a little too small. Like I'm kind of itching for something bigger, a new adventure. You know me, I like to move, and I've been here now, I think, six or seven years. I think it's six years, but who knows? What is time after the pandemic? I don't even know. Uh, but, yeah, I was thinking about it, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think eventually I, I'm supposed to settle down somewhere, right? Like, and not put yeah. me around. I mean, I, yeah, starting over is hard, and moving is expensive, so it's That's all true. those things. But, like, I mean, I... I know a lot of people that live out in West Hollywood who are very happy with that and love it. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, and there's a lot of other cool little California towns. Yeah, I think you're just so different than the people that I've met out here. And I think that it would fare well for you to be so different. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, but I, I don't I, know. I'm not, I'm not a crystal ball, but I could see. I could see you having a good... I could see you having a pretty lucrative career in voiceover and acting work, just as like a Southern lady. Oh gosh, I would love to do voice work. I mean, that sounds 
great. <laughs> <laughs> and I can gig where I can show up in my pajamas. Oh, yes, please. Sign Seriously, me up. Seriously, no makeup. Like, totally fine. <laughs> I'm in my bathrobe. It's still Like, coming. I'm not obsessing over what I look like. I don't have to get some lip fillers to get, get in there. I can just do the thing. <laughs> That's something. We should talk about plastic surgery. So, you haven't had anything done. No, well, I've had I've had a little Botox. I mean, I didn't notice it do anything, but I mean, I was like twenty nine, thirty, maybe thirty one at the time. Yeah. Thirty one at the oldest, maybe ten years ago. Yeah, and, and you look really young too. You just, you've always looked really young, so you never really like you didn't really ever get old looking. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. <laughs> yet. Yeah, I see it. I see it coming through in my face, like, really just in the past few months. I felt fine, and then all of a sudden in the past few months. But I have also, like, had a lot of trouble sleeping in the past few months, so I might just be really tired. Um, but I think I'm not going to – I never say never, but for now, I'm going to just not – if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Well, I kind of wouldn't mind getting a little, like – Cause you know, like that, that my upper lip is teeny. It's like a little, little yeah. baby up to the. I wouldn't mind just like just a little, zip, just look. a little, boop, like the bare minimum of what they would yeah. do. Yeah. If you get those repeat, okay, so those don't last, and you have to get them mm-hmm. done repeatedly. And sometimes when you get them done repeatedly, they bead up, and you get these little beads in your lips that they can't get rid of. Mm-mm. You see, yeah, no. And you can also see, I know, and you can also see a lot of times, like. The injection site. Like, not like yeah. it's bleeding. I mean, at first it'll bleed. But not like it's bleeding, but, like, it looks like... I don't know. I, I think what I'm really afraid of, it's not like... I'm afraid of getting botched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want something done to me that cannot be reversed in any sort of way. That yeah. would be... But I wouldn't mind just, like, at 40, just going in and being like, stretch it tight and let's get out of here. Just give me the once over. <laughs> stitch it yeah. up. And leave me Do here. that in, and I'm good. Yeah, get rid of this, whatever's there. It's not there yet, but it's kind of starting a little bit. But, like, I've heard people say things about, like, oh, I have a hooded eye, and I need to get, and I'm like, no, I'm keeping my hooded eyes. That's that's, that's what I look like. Oh, that's yeah, somebody pull my eyes out, can you imagine? <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, stories about Nashville. Let's tell a story. What do you think? Okay, so... When you were talking about your Nashville shitter incident, I had had one myself, and I was like, it's got to be the same person, but totally different age bracket. The guy um, that I had the experience with, do I want to call it that? Yeah. (laughs) That I encountered. (laughs) Better. Um, he, He was more like, he was probably about 20, between 27 and 32 um, he looked like Richard Ramirez, no fucking shit, like, high cheekbones, like, a, the creepiest version of a CK model. <laughs> yeah, Richard Ramirez is terrifying looking. When people talk about serial killers being hot, there is not a hot serial killer. Like, I don't know what these desperate, horny broads are talking about. Like, that's crazy. Ted Bundy is average I mean, I can... at best. I can see them seeing him as, like, he does have that very Calvin Klein, early 90s, CK1 model look. But where does he, like, like, points? They look like little 
like little things. But he's got the he's got yeah, the like the high cheekbones, the full lips, the cat eye. Like I can see what they're talking about. I think he looks like. I don't he know looks what like the he'll word eat is. the fucking shit out of you. Is what he looks like. He looks like he I looks think he looks I think he looks like um. I don't know if like the word that I think he looks like is now a word that we can use. So I'm just gonna say I think he looks inbred. It's not yeah, the R word, guys. I already stopped using that. Fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, the, little baby foss. Uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Um, but like that's what this dude looked like, and um, <laughs> and, and, and so I was working at um Springwater, um dive bar, oldest bar in Tennessee, and I'd had a really good Saturday. I worked the day shifts three, four nights a week or days a week, and. Um, I had had a great Saturday. Saturdays were like my money-making days, and I had a really good day. So um, my dear friend, Chris Aubrey, wonderful, wonderful dude, um, shows up right when I'm getting off work. And I'm like, hey, dude, I had a great day. You want to go eat good? And he's like, fuck yeah. And he's like, where do you want to? And I was like, well, let's go to uh, Barcelona. Um, great, great little Spanish tapa place um, over off of Music Row. And he was like, I'll get the car there if you get it on the way back. And I'm like, deal. So it's like, and I want to say it was like, the car itself didn't look new enough to be an Uber, you know, or a Lyft car. That's sketchy. Like, That's always sketchy. Yeah, You're like. Yeah. It was like a late 90s, early 2000s Crown Vic. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it probably got auctioned off at the DA lot or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. around Vanderbilt campus to the other side of the Hillsborough village and you're there it's about four and a half five miles and we're get around to the opposite side like we're halfway through passing Vanderbilt and all of a sudden it smells like body odor like just just a tent of body odor in the car and I really didn't think much about it like it's, yeah sometimes it's, you get stinky cab drivers yeah it's the south okay. and we all sweat you know yeah like, it's human as shit happen. So I didn't think anything of it at first. And then as we're like pulling up to turn left onto Music Row, it became so overbearing that mm. I'm like holding my head out the car. My eyes are watering. I'm dry heaving. It felt like it. I could taste it, and it felt like it was sinking into my skin. <laughs> the stench was so fucking bad. It was the worst thing I've ever smelled in my life. I was just like, oh, my and the guy is like because chris being the beautiful person that he is was you know being friendly making conversation with the dude and i noticed like the way he was looking in the rear view mirror like he was looking for our reaction he wanted and we get to our location we both fall out of the car dry heaving unable to breathe and, we're, and, and we were trying, like, we did our best to keep it together and hold a level of maturity. But, like, at the same time, like, I knew, I knew this guy was. No, when you know, you know. You, when you yeah, know, he you was know. doing it on purpose. He did yeah. it on purpose. He, he pooped himself on purpose <laughs> to get our reaction. And I look at Chris and we go inside and he tells the lady he's like he's like i hate complaining allison you know i don't like to complain but this guy just intentionally shifts over and I was like, 
said, dude, no. I was like, he does not know. You tell you tell that company that this guy does not need to be taking people around. Like, uh-uh. No. So, so like, he agrees to, like, give him a bad review and let the people at dispatch know, like, this guy, this was not an accident. And we go, we tell the hostess, like, we had a really horrible Uber drive. We're going to sit at the he bar. He us. <laughs> I mean, I went into the bathroom. I don't know about Chris, but I washed my hands, my face, my arms. Like, I took, like, a mini bath in the sink in this nice restaurant <laughs> and had to go outside and have a cigarette because it was so bad. It was so, like, I, I, I mean, I couldn't even catch my breath for a solid 10 minutes. Do you um, think that that is classified as, like, legally, do you think that that's classified as assault? Because, like, flashing your dick to somebody is sexual assault. I mean, definitely the guy with the, the colostomy bag, because there are so many diseases that you can, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, he was physically swinging it. But is shitting yourself intentionally in order to sick people out assault? I think it should be... I, I think it should be classified as assault. Now, if you shit yourself accidentally, <laughs> it's not great. Different story. Yeah, that's a different story for a different day. Maybe I'll tell that story today if I have enough wine in me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to go public with that story yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, I think accidents happen to everyone. You know, like, <laughs> we've all had something hit us the wrong way. Like, we, everyone <laughs> has had... Thanks for making me feel better. <laughs> something get you, get you where it really hurts. <laughs> yeah, I had no warning. You know what, I'll just tell the story. I'll just tell the story. So... I had, it seemed like a normal day. Uh, I was, I had had a few drinks the night before, but I hadn't gotten wasted or anything. Just maybe like three or four drinks, which for me is like not a lot. And I also had some Domino's pizza. So keep that in mind. Domino's pizza, you know, it can go either way. It can stop you up or it can tear you loose. You don't know. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I went to the grocery store, and on my way to the grocery store, I started having a panic attack. I get those. They just kind of happen. Uh, and especially on the highway, so which is great fun. So I'm, like, trying to calm myself down from this panic attack, and I'm, like, doing, like, exercises. Like, my hands are on the gray steering wheel. The sky has clouds in it. Just saying things out loud to, like, try to get my mind to, like, just not freak the geek out. And, um... Yeah, I pull into the parking lot of the Aldi. At this time, I was shopping at the Aldi in Cerritos. Uh, it was the closest Aldi to me. Uh, and I love Aldi. Aldi's my favorite grocery store. So when they started opening them in California after I moved, I was so excited. I was like, the Aldi, the Aldi, the Aldi. I went every week. And this particular Aldi is it's in Cerritos, which is largely Asian. And also, I think a lot of retired people live there. So, And it was close to a retirement community like neighborhood. So everyone at this grocery store was very small and very old. Uh, so you so, had the perfect people to blame it on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I also stuck out like a sore thumb because I'm like almost six feet tall, like a young white girl. So anyway, I collect myself or so I thought in the parking lot and I go in and I start shopping and I'm just picking up normal things. You know, I get a couple of bottles of wine. I get a bunch of toilet paper. A big thing, like 12 rolls of toilet paper, you know, just stuff you need at the house. I got, um, kale was on sale, rhymes. Uh, so I got two big jumbo boxes of kale, um, some broccoli, a lot of green stuff, you know, some like probiotic yogurt. Um, 
And without, I was wearing a pretty sundress, and I had on panties, but, and I had on white shoes. I don't have on white shoes. And um, without, there was, no, there was no warning. There was no warning. I felt this gush of warm fluid come from me, and I couldn't tell what it came from. I thought it, I thought it was my period. I thought it just fell out. I thought I had a miscarriage. I was like, I must have been pregnant. I think I just had a miscarriage. And I, I looked down, expecting to see maybe a baby on the floor. I don't know. And it was brown. <laughs> it was like, I didn't even have a sphincter. Like, my asshole just, like, opened up, like, and just let it out. Like, it was like, no, I, didn't even, I didn't even know it came out of my butt. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, I, like it was like when... Not that everybody's been shot at, but if you have ever been shot at, things slow down. It's almost like you can, like, see the bullet going by you. Things slowed down. I was, like, scanning, like, bugging out, scanning all the people that were, like, slowly turning toward me and were going to notice that I had just shit myself, shit my dress, splat it onto the fucking linoleum floor of the Aldi, and my shoes had brown all over them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so, uh, it was so serious. Why am I not in focus? It's because my camera can't believe this fucking story. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's see if I can get focused again. Well, I'll finish starting off. I'll fuck with the camera. But, um, yeah, it. I did what any respectable person would do. I ran. And I got into the car, crying and laughing. I put down a reusable grocery bag on the car seat so I didn't get shit on my car seat. <laughs> and I, I had a... I had a um, I forgot about this. I had a shirt tied around my waist that I tried to dab the poop off on my shoes with because there was so much poop on my shoes and it was flip-flops. So I was like sliding and I thought I was going to fall. <laughs> so needless to say, I have never been back to Cerritos, nor will I ever go back to Cerritos. I understand what I did. It is punishable by death. I am so sorry if you work at that Aldi and you're like that bitch, that young bitch who shit her dress, fuck her. It was me, and I'm really sorry. I'm I'm so I'm so sorry, and I've never laughed and cried so hard while driving ever in my life. It was like pure. I feel like you talked to me on the phone. Like I called it's... everyone I know. I immediately yeah. called every single person that I know. Why is this camera not? Hold on. Okay. Because I was really uh, like I, I was worried about you, but at the same time I was like, oh no, you had to throw away the fringe purse. Oh yeah, I love that purse, but it had too much shit on it. <laughs> Why, what is happening here? Maybe if I unplug my camera for a second. Yeah, that's weird. It all of a sudden went out of focus. It it really it sometimes does that. I don't know why. Handle that story. It couldn't. It doesn't like poop stories. That's fine. Oh, there we go. We're back. We're back. We're back. Um, I uh, have... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That was not the last I heard from the young Nashville shitter. Um, so Chris had talked up the bar because he he's a very personable person. He's fun. He's, he used to host um, karaoke at Springwater. Um, he's a great DJ. Uh just a really fun outgoing person so when we were on our ride before the guy acted like a complete psycho by pooping him so yeah by acting like a psycho she means intentionally shit his pants while he stared at you in the <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. so crazy so 
I knew I, I just had a feeling like I'm going to see this guy again. Like he's totally coming into my bar at some point. Of course. And sure as shit. <laughs> I see what you did there. He did. <laughs> he did. He showed up in my bar about a month later and I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I probably should have gone, no, you asshole, you're that guy. Get out of here. But I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt. You're a fool. You're a sweet fool. I'm a sweet, sweet fool. And, you know, I let him try a couple of, of our taps and explain them to to him. And thank God it's a cash-only bar because I know he was planning on stiffing me. You know, he thought I would just, like, start him a tab. I don't know where this guy's head was. But, right, um, clearly not. Like, <laughs> clearly not. And, um, and he, you know, he pays for his beer, and then he immediately, the the, the bar stools there are like old school diner wooden bar stools with the tall back on, the, on behind them, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of a hodgepodge, but most of them have that the back. They're wooden, and they have the back. And he reaches over a chair down and grabs my friend, um, grabs her bar stool. She's one of my regulars. Tough cookie. Love her. Um, I don't know how much she would appreciate me mentioning her name in a podcast. Fair enough, fair enough. Admittedly, fine. But um, she's a Springwater regular, adorable, Nashville unicorn, native, um, beautiful soul. Um, does not like people messing with her, though, like most folks, you know. And and I was just like, hey, buddy, no, 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 no. We don't do that. We don't get in anybody's space. You don't know her. You don't touch her chair. Keep your hands to yourself. First and final warning. I'm not going to tell you again. And he got up and stood over behind her, and I was like, get out now. Get out. Yeah, he's probably going to poop. Do you think he was going to poop? I think he was going to poop. Well, I turned (laughs) like, he starts walking out the back door, and the girl, my regular and friend, Starts holding her nose and shaking it. She goes, she goes all right, all right, all right, no, 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 no. I'm like, what, 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 what? And she's like, she's holding. I was like, I know exactly what's happening. I grabbed two bottles of Lysol and run out the back door. And he's sitting on the back porch. And I'm like, get out of here now. And yeah. I just like unloaded Lysol in his face until he ran out the back door. Um, and he was carted away by Vicky V. Crackhead schizophrenic prostitute that hung out in Centennial Park. Um, but I mean, you could see his pants sagging down as he ran across. Oh, the <laughs> Jesus Christ. But he didn't get it anywhere. It wasn't on the floor. That's it wasn't good. Any, but I still I sanitized everywhere he sat and everywhere near he went just to be safe. But yeah. Um, I mean, everybody does. Everybody has to poop. It's just, don't do anything weird with your poop. Just don't do it intentionally while you're making eye contact with me in your pants. Like, (laughs) please, 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 please. And don't smear it on bar stools. And don't Don't smear it. Don't throw it on the ceiling like a monkey. Like, (laughs) don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. Um... A poop break. No, uh, but we're going to take a commercial (laughs) break. So we will be right back. Also, uh, this commercial I recorded long ago, uh, and it's a lot louder than what you're listening to right now. So turn your volume down a couple of notches so that your eardrums don't get blown out. Okay, thanks. Be right back. Okay, we're back. Are your headphones on, baby? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. We're back. Uh, 
I thought of a story, but I have to unfortunately bring up something sad. Uh, our friend Carrie passed away. Uh, we learned that today. And he worked at a bar in Nashville called Dan McGinnis, which is no longer Dan McGinnis. Rest in peace, Carrie, and we miss you, Dan McGinnis. Uh, so before I tell this story, I would like to do a shot uh, in Carrie's honor. It's really, it's a horrible tragedy. And for all of the Dan McGinnis family out there, I know you're hurting today and probably will be for a long time. We love you. We send our love. Allie, I know you do too, baby. Cheers, Cheers to Carrie. Yeah. Always a good guy and part of the, I mean, everyone who works in restaurant industry, service industry in Nashville are close and, and, and are six degrees of separate separation so we are we're family we just are uh so the story i want to tell i had learned a grift okay and i learned it while i was working at the silver dollar this guy came in and he showed me i don't even remember the grift but well actually i remember it a little bit uh it was basically you would tell somebody i bet you i can read your mind and people will be like, well, yeah, what do you mean? And you'd be like, no, no, really, I really can read minds. Like, let me show you. Let's just bet the next drink. Buy me a drink if I'm right, and I can read your mind and you're impressed. And this guy taught me a really simple grift. Uh, you use six pieces of paper, and you do this little funny thing where you write something down. It's a trick. If anybody ever wants to learn it, and you're with me one-on-one, -on -one, I'll teach it to you. It's a really good bar trick. But you can effectively, at least 50% of the time get this correct. And so you can get a lot of drinks bought for you. You can bet bigger things. Once you've done it two or three times to somebody and they start freaking out and thinking you're really, really like reading their minds, you're really psychic. Then you can be like, let's bet my whole tab. One night, Allie and I were at Dan McGinnis getting drunk as usual. And I started up with this and boy, was it working. We had like client after client after client wanting their mind read. We had like a line. Allie, is you, are you muted? Um, I don't believe so. Okay, no, you're not. You're good. I saw you laughing. At, uh, okay, cool, cool. Um, I know I laugh very loud. <laughs> that cackle, girl, it'll just drown everything out. I'm fine with that. I, I love your laugh. Uh, I had a couple of people who have been on here that said when they listened to the episode, they felt insecure about their voice, and both of those people have such great voices. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's one of your best qualities. Like, you're nuts. Uh, you have a great voice, honey. That's, again, a really good quality of yours. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, so I start doing this and we're going, we're going, we're going, we're getting all these drinks bought for us and it's going, it's going great. It's going great. We're probably on like the 13th or 14th person that I've read their mind. I'm starting to get tired and I look over at Allie and Allie's talking to somebody and I see he's buying her drinks and giving her money. And I said, Allie, I hadn't taught her how to do the trick yet. She knew how it went, but we were drunk. So she wasn't going to like just pick it up and start doing it. And I was like, Allie, what are you doing? She, she's like, I'm reading palms. And I said, you don't know how to read palms? She said, shut the fuck up. He's buying all my drinks. He's, he really thinks I can do it. <laughs> we blacked out so hard that night. We blacked out. I think gotta that's... get that hustle, baby. You gotta get that hustle where you can get the hustle. I think that I might do, be... I do, I do have a book called Palms Up. And it's and, and I learned just a, the, the fewest little tricks. I haven't looked at it in a long time. And I don't think I've ever read the entire thing. But... You know, you get like a, you know, there's a certain measurement of like if your middle finger is this much taller than these, and 
and then like the lines on the side mm. of your pinky or how many children you'll have. Dude, I was completely off base. I thought you were talking about, I am so dumb. I thought you were talking about a book on grips and I was like, I need to borrow that book. Like, I, like it's called like palms up, like, like a sneaky hand or something. I didn't even think you were talking about palm reading and I was just talking about palm reading. I'm so dumb. <laughs> Oh my god, have another shot. Jesus, Orion. Jesus Here. Christ. Oh, natural story. I thought of a good one. I mean, you, you and I have several. So, oh, okay. I got one, and this is, again, um, when we lived in, I guess that was like Midtown Broadway, mm -hmm. on the corner of, of Broadway and Lyle. 1909. Um, 1908 and 1909. Okay, I don't know if you remember this couple, but they were a homeless couple. They were, like, both had, like, sandy blonde hair. Homeless? Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely homeless. Definitely homeless. Um, he always had a guitar, and she was always following my, And they always looked like they had business. Like, they were, like, getting down to business. Crystal meth. Yeah, crystal meth. Yes, yes. And they were... We got somewhere to be. <laughs> yeah, they had somewhere to be, and they got to they gotta go do the thing, because they're going to make him famous, man. And, like, you would see them running all over the neighborhood quite often. So, it's Halloween night, and I was dressed up as Alice from the newer Alice in Wonderland, the one with Johnny Depp. And, um, and so, like, I have on this, like, it's, like, basically it's an old 1950s slip, but it's meant to go underneath poodle skirts and those okay. kind of dresses. Yeah. But I was wearing it as a dress, and I had that with, like, these little lavender is a lavender dress with lavender tights with little black hearts and these like Cute. really really pointy badass laced up old school looking boots and i'm sitting on the front porch smoking a cigarette and i'm completely like especially like this is like kathleen dress i'm, I'm really covered for a girl going out on Halloween these days. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the front porch smoking a cigarette, kind of waiting on my ride to get there. We're going to go to a, a now non-existent um, underground venue called The Green Womb. Sounds and, um, <laughs> Oh, my God. It was, it, it was fun. It was so much fun. Um, it was a, a house where, you know, the kids that lived there put padlocks on their bedroom doors and they would cool. host shows. It was fucking great. And it was like off of, it was like north of Charlotte, like off in one of those neighborhoods. And, um, anyway, so, I was waiting on my friends to come pick me up. And here comes that couple coming across the street from where your building was. And she's wearing coveralls and she's got this like, about a beach ball sized paper mache skull mask that she's just holding in front of her face walking across the street and you know her husband boyfriend whatever dude with the guitars like walking in front of her and all of a sudden like she looks at me and she goes i'm like okay going inside check you later and i run upstairs and watch all this happen she stands in the middle of the road here comes this metro bus, and the metro bus stops because she's still in the middle of the road screaming, "Horse, horse!" Jesus. And, and then she strips down, butt naked. Oh, oh! In front of the metro bus, like stops traffic. 
hard day for a he, he doesn't up her man. Look at it, all them sexy women in their in their sexy in their sexy Halloween costumes. And she couldn't take She's it. Like, She's like, it was sexy. I'm gonna I'm gonna run up all your, all these girls. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be butt naked them. with the skull paper mache skull on, bitch. <laughs> Um, leave my coveralls and those were some nice coveralls too <laughs> yeah I, um another cool th- well i mean there were so many cool things about nashville um you run into celebrities and you don't even know you're hanging out with a celebrity in some circumstances like i remember a time and i could be very wrong and i might have the wrong person but i don't think i do um we had a big show at Springwater. We were celebrating the lives of Dave Cloud, who, if you don't know who that is, you need to look him up. Um, he was a he was like an underground rock and roll, um, experimental rock genius of a man. He he was in a band called Dave Cloud and the Gospel of Fire. Um, he passed away in 2015. Shortly thereafter. Um, another musician from that band, um, Paul Booker passed away. And then, um, within that same time realm, our dear friend, Pat Albert, who is old school eighties punk. Um, he was in a band with, uh, Cheetah Chrome. Um, look up all these people. If you're interested in punk rock or, or experimental rock, you should check them out. Um, but we threw a memorial there for them. Um, that was the funnest bar shift, honestly, ever worked. Um, I not only worked the day, and it, it really didn't get started up until 3 or 4 in the afternoon. My shift ended, I think, around 7. Um, but that was a fucking good-ass time. Some of the best music, just, and the best people, and... If memory serves me right, there was a guy there, um, older than me, and I mean older by 22, 30 years, not really sure. Um, and, like, he came in early. He was like, uh, yeah, I just want to check out the place. Like, this is the kind of place I like to play. This is, like, really cool venue. And I was like, yeah, just make yourself at home. Let me know if you have any questions. I really don't know a whole lot about the event. I just sling the beers around here, dude. So, but me and this guy got along, like, fucking royally. Like, we talked all night. Like, I was, you know, we were like, okay, got to go listen to the music. All right, see ya. And then we ended up talking again. He was so sweet and so cool. And um, I had no idea who he was. Like, Who I mean, was he? I'm dying. Who was he? Do you, all right, you know the movie Clue, right? I mean, yeah. Do you know, remember um, the guy that plays um, Mr. Body? No. Okay, well, he's the guy that played Mr. Body, and he was the first... Mr. Body? Oh, that's like the dead person? Um, he died. Yeah, I think that character dies. He's, um... (laughs) This is so (laughs) anticlimactic. I thought it was going to be, like, Mick Jagger. Or at least least the the world's biggest douche John Mayer. rock world, yes. He's the lead singer of he was friends with John Belushi and they were the very first punk rock band to play Saturday Night Live okay that's no, that's way better than just being the dead body in Clue cause I was like girl no, 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 no. he played Mr. Body in Clue he was like 
the guy that they were all <laughs> waiting on to show up. Guys, I have to tell you something. I never watched Clue. I know what the movie is, but I've never watched Clue. Okay, you have to watch that movie. Okay. Like it's 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 all these beautiful. Like I mean, oh my god. I I'll mean, watch it tonight. I'll watch Madeline it tonight. Madeline Kahn, dude. Madeline Kahn. Like she's like the hottest bitch in all history of hot bitches. Madeline fucking Kahn. Okay, I'll watch it tonight. I'll watch <laughs> it tonight. Curry. I'll definitely Tim watch Curry. it. I love Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Everybody loves Mr. Tim Curry. Mr. Rocky Horror himself. Yeah. Tim motherfucking Curry. Okay, well, on that note, we are going to sign off. Uh, I need to go watch the movie Clue, apparently. Uh, Allison, is there anything you want to say to sign off today? Bobbish. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, <laughs> right. Because he liked the attention. He, he liked Because he like, he's a has been baby. rock star. Exactly. Like, you didn't become a rock star because you don't like attention from girls. Like, mm-hmm. fuck off. But she was, like, really mean. She was just getting wasted and, like, prank calling. Like, she wasn't even making sense. She was like, I fuck you. So. <laughs> titties and when you like are crawling on the ground towards someone my neighbors have this cat her name's Stella Stella <laughs> <laughs> 